Hello, I'm Dr. Margaret and welcome to Journey into an Unknown World. Whenever I talk about a subject, I'm always really working on it in my own way. And today I'd like to talk about color. Not everybody sees color the same way. We can all agree that there's a pink flower, but how do we see that pink flower? Do we see it as a pale pink, a medium pink, a darker pink, or a very deep pink, and so on? In the same way, if we look at people in this world, do we see a brown skin, a pale skin with a color tan, or do we see a dark skin? Why do we have so many different colors on this planet? I often asked myself that when I was very young. And the bottom line is because everything is a vibration. And all vibrations amalgamate together to form something solid. So if we take a human being and we look at the color of the skin, we tend to say, well, you must be white from Europe because they're all European. And then we'll go over to Africa and we see someone really, really like midnight black color. I love that color. We'll say, well, you must be from Africa. But does that really mean anything? Of course not. What it does mean is that through eons of time, our bodies have developed relative to our environment, and that includes the sun, the planets out there, and the moon, of course, to affect us from a day-to-day sort of life activity. So if you were out in the sun for a long time, how brown would you get? Now, I remember years ago when my children were very, very small, I was working, doing farm work, and we were out in fields cutting cabbages or string beans or laying seeds, whatever we were doing, and it was a good time for me to learn about farming, actually. And my children could run around and about and not worry about roads or anything and play their games, whatever they were doing. During that time... It was quite normal for the girls to just wear a bikini top and and very short shorts. So that was what I was wearing. And of course I got sunburned and I was a very pale white skinned person. I got sunburned and after a while that healed over and I became lightly tanned. And after a little further I got more tan and more tan. And then I went over to India and I got even more tanned. And I noticed when I was walking around in India that I was every bit as brown as they were. In fact, if it wasn't for the fact that my hair was a lighter brown, they would have thought I was Indian. One lady came up to me and she said, do you have Indian blood in you? And I said, actually, no, I'm just very tanned. Okay, why do we have to judge one another about the color of our skin? Why do we have to fit someone into a society group? The bottom line is, I don't think we do, but maybe you do. And you do because you've been told to think that. I'm reaching out now in a way to all the people who are in cult groups. By that I mean gang groups, religious groups, Um, hanging on corner groups, I don't know what you want to call them, but people, birds of a feather flock together. But why? Is it really because of your color of your skin? 
Or is the truth really because you're all thinking the same kind of thoughts? For example, nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I'm not fast enough with a gun. I'm too slow on my feet. Whatever it is that you're thinking in some way, are you putting yourself down because of the color of your skin instead of looking at who you are inside and seeing the positive part of yourself? So let me go this way now. I was in a beautiful garden in England, one of the old houses, and there was some greenhouses, and there was a gentleman there growing a lot of plants. And we went into an area where they were having, I'm not sure what you call them, but they were fruits that were various uh, kinds of fruits from all over the world. They were things from pumpkins to seed pods things I'd never seen before so I can't even really name them but the variety of colors yellows pink blue greens browns reds it was every color there it was just a beautiful sight to behold where all these things have been grown in this one greenhouse and as it happened the gardener came along and I complimented him on these and he said oh this is nothing we've got another so many hundreds of seeds that we're going to plant next year that have come from all over the world and I said to him this is amazing if we could just bring all the humans together like this and just admire them all for how they look whether they're fat thin big or small have spots on or not or whatever and he looked at me and he said you're a healer aren't you (laughs) and I I said well yes and he said well I could tell he said only someone who cares about people would notice that the beauty of these is a symbol that there is beauty throughout the world. And I thanked him and we walked on our way. But it made me think, it made me stop, and it made me think about doing a show on this when I got home. Well, one thing and another in the last three months, been rather busy, so just got around to doing it. And I do want to say, next time you go out, instead of just driving down the street or walking down the street, look at the colors. Look at the colors of the houses the choices people make in the way they paint their trim. I live in the desert. Most things are desert colors. So what did I do? I painted my house green. (laughs) I wanted to be different. And people do admire it. So what have you done with color? Have you colored your walls in your house? Have you got beautiful colored drapes or are you just looking at white blinds every day? Do you use color in your life? Do you color books? Do you paint? Do you use crayons like a child? It doesn't really matter what you're doing as long as you're aware of color. Do you know why? Because when you see color, it reflects back through the retina into your brain and your brain associates that color with an emotion. Now, we always hear these sayings, red means anger or passion. Blue means logic, thoughts, or expression of, in, of you know, something like the sky. 
You know, green means nerves or beauty of the world and so on. I'm sure you will know many of these colors, but do you really appreciate them when you see them? And do you say to yourself, I am looking at this color. It is going through my eyes. It is going into the back of my brain. And then that color is moving throughout my aura, healing me. Yes. Your aura is a multitude of colors, not just the primary colors. You are like a piece of abalone, if you're positive. You're light, you're purpley, you're pinky, you're, you know, whatever it is, you're changing constantly. But if you're negative and you're angry, then, hey, that aura is going to be a sharp red and some brown and maybe because blue and brown mixed together and you're not thinking straight. And everybody thinks, hey, don't want to be with you. You're too negative. And then you wonder why they've all left you. You wonder why you're deserted. So then you find someone else is all negative and heavy greens and blues and you hang together and you commiserate together and you wallow in self-pity together and you justify and rationalize and explain and excuse why you've got to hang on that street corner or why you've got to go out and shoot your gun and kill a bird or why you have to go out and bang on someone's door and be a nuisance to them. Okay, take a thinking moment here. Take a long thinking moment here. When did you last appreciate the colors around you in your home? Have a look. Do you like what you've done with your decor? If you're out in your car, what color is your car? Why did you choose that color? Was it just because it was cheap and it's all you could afford? Do you like it? Do you appreciate it? You went to the store. You've got to come out and look for that car. You've got to know what color it is. You appreciate it has a color so you can find it. There are lots of things in this world that are full of color that we ignore because we're too busy thinking about our trials and tribulations. I often mention in my book about the rejection syndrome, how we are trained to believe thoughts that don't work for us. And by the way, that book is full of stories that you can read to see and understand how the soul structure coding works and get some ideas about yourself. But here, I'd like to talk about the oneness. If you could be God looking down at the earth right now, which we can do thanks to space and, and uh, those people who went to the moon, you can see how blue it looks, how white, and how lots of colors hold it together, sort of bluey, greeny, white. And as you home in and you come closer and closer to the earth, you start to see the brown of the mountains, the green of the grass of the hills. And as you come even closer, the rooftops, what colors are they? Red, maybe some countries white. And as you scan around the world, looking at everything down there that looks so tiny, millions of colors are beaming up towards your eyes for you to take in. Yes, you see the world differently then. You see the world as very colorful. During World War II, I remember a lot of people saying when I was growing up, oh, that was a black dark period. We're still in 10 years of coupons and rations and this and that. 
pulling down bomb buildings, pulling up more buildings. The world was black, the world was grey, the world was white. It was either all of this or not that at all and do this instead. Okay, If we got in the middle, a bit of this and a bit of that, we're in the grey area. Well, okay, it's a movement towards change, but most people were fighting it. Today, we're in the Aquarian Age, the second spiritual age of evolvement for us as spirit entities. And what are we doing? We are embracing change. Unfortunately, we're doing it in revolution. Country after country is up in arms against themselves or against other people. Terrorism is everywhere. Whether you're in a store buying some chocolate, someone is likely to rush in, push in front of you and take your place and cause you to have an argument. And who's terrorizing who? Who's impatient with who? Who's lost sight of the real purpose of two people coming together in one place? What color are they wearing? What color are their eyes? What color is their hair? Are you really noticing them? If a policeman came along and asked you later for a full description, could you really give it? Or did you only get a glancing glimpse of whatever you were looking at because you were too busy in your head thinking about retaliation? Arguments cause a lot of thoughts to rush around our brain. We're justifying, rationalizing, excusing everything we do to ourselves to validate our existence. But we don't stop to think, what does my aura look like while I'm engaged in this awful conversation? What does my aura look like when I run around the corner and face a policeman who's going to throw a gun in my face? What does my aura look like when I'm in hospital and I've just had surgery? What does my aura look like when I'm running a race and I'm, I'm winning? What does my aura look like when I get a birthday present I don't expect to get? What does my aura look like when I pray in whatever way I pray to whoever I pray to? These questions and many more things the world needs to know about. We have been reading one another's auras since the dawn of time. It's an animal instinct. It's something that's very natural. Now, if you'd like to study with me or have private sessions with me, you can go to sumariscenter.com. That's S for sugar, U-M for mother, A-R-I-S for sugar, C-E-N, as Nelly, T-E-R.com. And put your name in there and your interests and what you'd like. And if you go to the pages where you can see you can spend a lot of time with me counseling you and helping you to understand more about yourself, then I'll be only too happy to help you. I have just finished working with someone and we went through his anger and rages, through his coding of his soul vibration into that person's understanding of self, 
the past lives that were affected into this life, the codings that make him behave and think and question who he is, his circumstances, the relationships of the many people been in his life and what he's learning and not learning and so on, to his spirit guides, his guardian angels, to his transformation and change in perception of where he wants to go in the future with direction and purpose. You might want to have all of that done with me. Or you might want to come to my webinars and seminars when I start them in October on the many topics that I have spoken about on this radio show. Either way, you're going to get the best you can from me because I always give the best that I can. So if you'd like to follow me and get the seminars and webinars regularly, then go and sign in on my page, put your name, email address. I need to know you're a real person, not a spammer. So um, put in what you're interested in and what you want to study so that I can follow up and uh, talk to you one-on-one or, uh, if necessary, on the webinar, whatever way you want to do it. So coming back to color, even your computer, when you look at it, is full of color pages come up like chocolate box pictures and they're accurate so you think but are they years ago i did a painting um, it was called the omnicard and uh, it was done with charles paints boxes and it was quite nice i thought but as color copies came out it never came out the same color. I was at first disturbed. But over time, copying a copy, copying a copy, and so on, it became a chocolate box color. And finally, I was so highly delighted with it that I kept it like that forever. It's now in my book, Expanding Images with the Omnicron. So why am I telling you about that? Because we're all psychic, we're all intuitive, we're all instinctive. And we all know truly within our spirit self when something is right for us to do versus when something is wrong. But we don't necessarily believe ourselves. So I wrote this book so that you could study the first 60 pages and read all about your psychic ability so you know what it is and how to use it. And then you go to the Omnicard, which is included in the book, scan that card, find one of the things that looms up with you while you have your question in your mind and then go to that page and there you will find what it means and answer to your question either negative or positive that's where your intuition comes in and then you will be able to answer your question now that may sound very simple well why not of course it's simple if you use your psychic ability you're going to not only be aware of your own aura and the colors you're vibrating when you're angry or upset but you'll also be aware of the colors of your friends family and acquaintances long before any argument happens so for example if i come into the house and i see my son is sitting doing something it looks like it's a good time to chat but when I tune to him, I see that he's got a deep blue and a deep purple running down his right side, then I know he's calculating what to do next. That's not a good time to talk to him. But if I come in and I see he's got some white and yellow and light blue on his left, then I see he's open and receptive to hearing something. 
because energy comes in on the left brain and goes out on the right. So being aware of how people handle their energy and being aware of your own aura makes a big difference. For example, if I am standing next to someone who is very negative, it's not long before the friction of their aura or my aura makes me sweat. And then I start to feel uncomfortable. Why? Because my aura is mixing with theirs, theirs is mixing with mine. We're having a bit of a battle. We're having a friction going on. Light versus dark. Who's going to win? Well, the bottom line is if I feel this person needs some of my healing energy, I'll stay and I'll let their aura brighten up. But if I feel they're not ready and not receptive to receiving healing or any energy from me, I'll make space. I'll walk away. I certainly wouldn't try to engage them in understanding that they're very negative and they need to change when they're not receptive. That's a key word, being receptive. Most people are not receptive to change. Habits, routines, rituals, rulers, day in, day out. I have a job. It's nine till five. I have to get up at seven. I must bathe. I must clean my teeth. I must have my coffee. I must eat my bagel. I must rush around and make sure I've got everything I need to take to work with me. Oh, I have to allow for traffic. Oh, I must hurry up. I'm late. Oh dear, now I'm in the traffic. I'm very late. Oh dear, I'm worried stilly. I've got a phone call from a certain person at a certain time. Oh dear, now what am I going to say? He's going to think I'm a flake. You get to the office, you're stressed out, you're worried, stupid, and the first thing that happens, you walk in, you switch on your answer machine, and there's the man saying, hey, I'm sorry, I can't make the meeting at such and such a time. Can we defer it? Would it be better if we could have it in another four hours' time? And you look at your watch, you look at the time record, four hours? Wow, I've got another two hours to get ready. I can prep better. I don't have to be in a state. I can be calm. I can make a note. I can make a list of all the things I want to talk about so I make sure that this business meeting is a perfect meeting. Was that a coincidence? Or was it just luck? Or more importantly, was it that you prearranged with him in your sleep, spirit to spirit, heart to heart, mind to mind, soul to soul, to agree physically to not talk until much later? Yes, the oneness works this way through color. The oneness is color. Everything that you see in color is a level of friction of life. The force of life holds it together. The force of life is energy, love. If you could take away all the force of life and love, you would just have a crumbling dirt. Nothing would grow. You wouldn't grow. You'd be a jello. <laughs> so the bottom line is the world is transforming. We are changing. We as beings on this planet have changed since the dawn of time. Yet, our philosophy, our spirituality, our beliefs in the oneness of God or gods 
all comes back to the energy of our spirit self, the core of our being. And here I want to mention my book, Journey into an Unknown World, The Way to Oneness Revisited. It was originally published as The Way to Oneness. It was originally published in German. Then we published it in English twice. But I got that it was not, there wasn't enough meat in it. It was all channel text. That was the way the oneness was teaching me what the oneness was. Yes, believe it or not, I was the one who first publicly announced when I was 24 that we were all part of the oneness. Now, back in those days, nobody knew what the oneness was. Nobody even cared what the oneness was. Everybody was busy being Christians or Jewish or Hindus or whatever it was, and their faith was better than anyone else's faith, and that was all that mattered. But today, little did I know that the oneness was going to be a household word in everybody's mind. So when I wrote the book, The Way to Oneness, I was told to take it to Germany to the biggest book fair in the world where, without me knowing, a man had already been told by the oneness to be looking for me. It was only after I'd put all my struggles in searching for the people that I wanted to publish the book and had done some good contacting that I was on my way leaving that I suddenly got the sign, my burning head, that's the sign, that I should go in this tiny little building. And I went in, and there was no one at the booth, so I walked away. And as I walked away, I heard, have you got it? And I turned around, and there was the man. And he took that manuscript from my arms like it was a baby, and he said, I've been waiting for this. And I said, who told you about it? And he pointed the sky and hugged it even tighter. And I knew then the oneness had said I had to go to Frankfurt to meet him, nobody else. Well, he took that book and he took a year to turn it into German, to try and make it sound like me talking. And then it was on sale for a year or so. And then the wall came down in East Berlin and 12,000 copies went into East Berlin. The first metaphysical book. Now, why was that so important? Because the book explains in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made manifest. And from there it goes on into how we evolved as tiny little beings of energy into humans on Earth, how the universe works, how the planes of evolution in ascension work, how the planes in descension work, how the spirit world is, what it's like there, what we do when we get back there in the halls of learning, and what we do when we decide we want to reincarnate, and how we reincarnate, and how we as each fragments of the oneness are united, completely united in the oneness of what we would call God. And that book has sold thousands of copies, and people keep it because it's a life book. It's something you want to go back to and refer to over and over again. Even I go back and read it from time to time. Even though I teach it all the time, I still like to read the words because when you see it outside of yourself, it means more than when it's just going round and round in your head. The book's full of meditations to do. It even describes the higher and lower self God. So, by the time you get to the end of that book, 
you're going to understand so much more about yourself as a spirit entity rather than as just a human being. Well, the years went by from writing that book and finally Spirit Guide said to me, we have to write the oneness what it is. So in five days I sat down and channeled quantum entanglement, a paranormal point of view. It gives you a lot of answers. It's an easy read. It's downloadable. All my books are ebooks, by the way, as well as softbacks on Amazon. I encourage you to read them because they entwine. Every single book that I've written entwines, except for my novel, Henry's Secrets, which is a whodunit novel, like an Agatha Christie novel. It keeps you guessing. So, whatever you like to do, I suggest that you find time to contemplate who you are and your point of view of color. What is your favorite color today? It might be orange. Well, orange is a mixture of yellow and red. Yellow is the part of self that's saying questioning, and red is the passion, the dynamic energy of wanting to find something else to do. Or it might be that people say, oh, you're wearing blue today, and you just think, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just feeling like I want to think things out. Leave me alone. I don't want to talk. Or another day, you may put on brown and you feel like, I just want earth. I want to get practical, down to earth. I want to get things done. So take notice of the clothes that you put on, even though it may be spontaneous, even though you're just grabbing something in a rush. Your intuition works faster than the speed of light. So you grab the right thing. It's not just that old thing. It's the color you need. Color is everywhere. Are you reacting to the color someone's wearing and saying to yourself you don't like them because of the color they're wearing? Are you reacting to the color of their skin because you've been taught that somewhere in your history that color is not something to enjoy? One of the most enjoyable moments of my life was dancing with a very dark colored person. Like I said, that night black color he was over from Africa brilliant man very clever and we were dancing and I was aware of my lily white skin next to him and I thought how perfect our union is of the light and the dark coming together in total unity dancing across the dance floor doing the foxtrot <laughs> back in those days we did that and um, having great fun chatting at the same time just being two people with no issues, no, nothing judging, just being together. I would like you, as part of today's thoughts of listening to this show, to go out there with your eyes open wide and drink in color. Whether it comes from objects, animals, people, clouds, sky, universes, Whatever you do, drink it in. Because you're entitled to have all the colors of the rainbow and so much more melding within your whole spiritual body, healing then into your physical body by deleting all those negative ideas that you've had associated with the thoughts 
that you've made that no one loves me, nobody cares about me, nobody is interested in me. Change your colors. You'll find people come up to you and say, do I know you? Oh, um, I'd like to introduce myself to you. And you'll make new friends. So on that note, I say again, thank you for listening to me and Journey into an Unknown World. And do watch out for my webinars or seminars. We're not sure what we're going to call it yet, um, where you can sign up on Sumari Center telling me what you want to do, what you want to learn. And then I'll make sure you know when and what time. Okay. So until then, until another time, be happy, enjoy your life. And let the world be full of color. Bye.